Hey, good morning, Hillcrest. It is good to be here gathered on a Sunday with you. This is Matt Kaiser joining me up here as well. Um, And hey, Matt, would you throw me that clicker? Is that all right? As we jump into this, um, I I found it interesting. I don't know if you received something like this in the mail recently. Uh, I received just a flyer, and it struck me uh, about why we do what we do around here. The flyer said, church on your terms. (laughs) And I was reminded, uh, man, this isn't about you, right? This isn't about me. It, It feels like when I hear that, it says, God on my terms. <laughs> and so I was just struck this past week when I received that flyer in the mail that we want to be a people helping people find life with Jesus one life at a time with all we do around here, that there's a simplicity to what we're trying to accomplish, that, that we want to grow as disciples, but sometimes it, we don't know what a disciple is. And so we've tried to name it <laughs> and say it's three primary lifestyles. That it's about following Jesus. In a world that feels like we want to be leaders, what does it look like to follow, right? To not do church on my terms and be a consumer, but rather take our cues from Jesus. And then what Matt's going to share in a little bit, what does it look like to do that in building community with other followers of Jesus and then seek transformation to a culture that does want life on their terms? And so... We see it mirrored in three primary uh, rhythms we have around here. We gather on Sundays, not for a Sunday service, but we gather as the saints on Sunday weekly to do four consistent rhythms where we sing songs, we we tell stories. We're going to hear stories this morning. I'm so excited to hear stories of life in the body. We preach a sermon from the text and then we want to commission you back out that the beginning of the, the services, the gathering's important, but man, the end and how we end actually going back out. And then throughout our week, we gather in more intimate communities all across southern Wisconsin. And Matt, you're going to share about one of those in a little bit. And then seeking transformation, this pray, watch, and step lifestyle that we want to continually live out. And so in the American church, though, feels like sometimes this is true where we equate information with transformation. That if I accumulate a certain amount of knowledge, I am growing as a disciple. Instead, we hope that around here, and you can barely read that, but intentional apprenticeship and growing and walking with someone is kind of like a big step in this life with Christ, that we are in relationship with others all around us. And then around here, there are things that we want to do to foster that life of a disciple. So on October 3rd and then the 10th, if if you're new around here, we think there's a next steps opportunity. We want to help you take your next step with Jesus in following Jesus, whatever that might look like. So on October 10th, we're going to gather in uh, the activity center, one of the rooms down there. And then another way to build community around here, uh, starting October 10th for five weeks, uh, a couple around here, the Judds are going to lead a discussion through the pursuit of God. Uh, In our desire to continue to build community, there will be an opportunity should you want to pursue that. And then uh, life groups around here, Matt, are a way that we build community. And something recently happened in your world. Uh, Why why don't you share a little bit of maybe your vocation and what's happened recently that's (laughs) that's made you see the value of building community? 
Well, yeah, that is true what Pastor David just said. You know, building community is um, important. Lately, last two weeks, um, I was called up to go out to California to fight the wildfires. And um, during that time, um, right when I left, Becky, my wife, got sick and the kids. And then uh, Becky even got more sick where she had to go to the emergency room. But during that time, our life group came together and just uh, helped supported Becky and the kids by bringing over meals. In, um, nothing was really planned. It was just brought up, and it was great to see how a community can come together and share and help out. Yeah, you didn't prompt it. You didn't reach out. No. But instead, there was a need that your life group saw, and they came around your family in a real way. What did that feel like as a father, as a husband, to hear about that and see that happen? Um, it's really great because this, um, leaving sporadically, sometimes it, it's hard on a family. And then when you have, um, outreach from the community, it really puts peace Mm. at your heart. So, Mm. yeah, it was pretty special to hear you encourage me with how that was received. And then following Jesus, building community and seeking transformation. Every once in a while we do collective opportunities where we get to be Jesus to the world around us. We do a Halloween event every year, and it's looked slightly different over the past two years, but start praying for how you might be invested as we try to love our community through this Halloween event called Triple Treat. Not just a Halloween event, but actually our intent to be a conduit of God's grace from us to the world around us. So would you pray for Triple Treat and what God might have come October 24th as we try to love our community? Lord, we just uh, praise you, Lord, for all that you have provided for us and for this community, Lord. And Lord, we just pray that uh, this um, triple treat will be a great time to express to the community and outlying outlying areas to Mm -hmm. help out with the community. And Lord, just uh, let this time to be there to uh, show the kids how to safely and have some good times. And we pray for... Not a lot of cavities as they eat all this candy, Lord. <laughs> and Lord, we just uh, pray that each and every one of us in this church goes out and helps out in this community mm-hmm. and shows the love of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Matt. Yep. All right, good morning. We are going to do something different. Ooh, sitting on cushy chairs up here. This is pretty nice, David. Uh, this is nice. We're going to do a couple things different this morning, as uh, David had mentioned. And uh, in just a little bit, we're going to get to hear from some of our own folks who have been living out this uh, first section of James that we started on last week. And uh, I'm going to just read that again, and then uh, we'll, we'll chat a bit and then invite these special folks up. Uh, James chapter 1, verses 1 through 4, he wrote, James, a servant of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ to the 12 tribes in the dispersion, greetings. And then verse 2, he says, count it all joy, my brothers, when you meet trials of various kinds, for you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness, and let steadfastness have its full effect that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. 
So a, a pretty familiar passage, I would say, David, in the world of, of uh, ministry. And, and uh, what has been your... I get to interview David. Isn't that pretty fun? <laughs> what has been your experience uh, watching people interact with this passage, particularly the part where it says, count it all joy when you face trials of various kinds? Where, where do you see people tending to go to kind of reconcile that joy in the midst of trials. Yeah, so, so sometimes it feels like, Fred, when we see that, one of the places we go is, is we almost begin looking for the silver lining. Um, and, and we begin trying to figure out, well, I understand my circumstance is not where I'd like it to be, but I'm trying to find maybe the glimmer of hope in it um, rather than actually seeing it as this vehicle that God is using to draw us to himself. That, that he's actually saying, I want you to see these opportunities as a way that are growing your faith, that you're trusting me more. Not just looking for a silver lining, but actually a, a way that God is drawing us to himself. And, and so not that silver linings and blessings are a bad place to go, but just not what James is talking about here. In fact, you've pressed us as staff and, and, and us as a congregation just really on this concept of of happiness, this deep, profound happiness um, in our lives. And, uh, you know, some of us, including myself, have kind of struggled with you saying, hey, God just wants us to be happy all the time. And so I've kind of, one of the things I've tried to do is distinguish joy and happiness. And you keep pressing us to say, no, 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 happiness is something different. Can you expound on that a little bit more for us? Yeah, so, so here's my fear, right? When we see that word, Fred, count it all joy. We, we, we understand that I'm not experiencing happiness and in the midst of challenges. And so what it feels like we sometimes do is we try and put our experience onto the text rather than let the text color our experience. That when we see count it all joy, we understand it can't mean happiness because I'm not happy. And so rather than use that as a gauge to help me understand where I'm at, we place our experience onto the text. And, um, and we often seem to, we, we just seem like we're hardwired to understand happiness is when good things are happening. Sadness is when bad things are happening. And, and sometimes hard for us to see uh, in the midst of deep pain, not this giddy, clown-like happiness, but a deep, profound, meaningful happiness that comes from being connected to the creator of the universe. That, that happiness isn't in temporary circumstances that are fleeting. What if we placed our happiness in an infinite being that was unchanging? If our happiness changed based upon the circumstances, it wasn't that God changed, but rather those circumstances seem to be more tied. What do you hear me saying? Well, yeah, great, thanks. Who's interviewing who I here? Know. Who's interviewing who here? <laughs> I, it's a good thing we're far apart right now. That's, um, no, I, I hear you saying that, that, that James is not saying that we have to be happy all the time, like, like that, that surface happiness, because... I mean, just, just in, my, in my life the last two weeks, I have been a part of four different 
celebrations of life yeah. in the last two weeks. Yeah. And so I think that we would all agree, right, that things like when, when, when things happen to us, things like grief and sadness and even anger and frustration are real emotions. And so, so maybe help us reconcile that a little bit as we experience these difficult things, these trials in life, have those types of emotions, and yet are seeking this, this joy that James is talking about. Uh, and, and so, it's, it's okay to, to have some of those other emotions, right? Man, they're God-given emotions, right? We believe, we believe, we see emotions from God uh, reflected when we read the text, and these emotions come out whenever we face circumstances. And so maybe this is helpful. You tell me if this is helpful, Fred. But, but here's, here's how I used to see it, right? I, I understood that man, there's a lot of things in life that bring happiness. <laughs> and, and what it felt like sometimes was in order to choose God, I had to give up that pursuit of, of joy and happiness in life. And the world gets that. I feel like the world gets that. There is joy in the accumulation of money. There is joy in this expression of human intimacy and in, in sex. Our world is in that right now. They get that. And, and they get that if they have influence and power, there's happiness to be had. And to choose God, it almost feels like we're saying, well, you got to give up fun. You got to give up sex. <laughs> and, and you got to you gotta have this perceived value of just this air of humility, a.k.a. weakness, right? Rather, there was this shift for me that came around my conversion experience when, when rather than giving up these things in life that we understand bring happiness, it was actually that we were settling for these other things. Rather than sex with anybody you want, the incredible happiness that comes in a monogamous relationship. Rather than the accumulation of money, it's actually better, Jesus says, to give than to receive. And rather than give up happiness, it actually becomes this pursuit of an infinite well of the God of the universe that wants to have our happiness fulfilled in him above anything else this life has to offer. In the midst of pain, in the midst of hardship, that reality shines the brightest. And, and hard for us in our world to go there sometimes because the world is giving us a different message, a different kind of wisdom. Maybe we'll touch on uh, next week a little bit as well. Um, would uh, Casey and Alex and Shannon, would you guys come up? David, would you grab that other blue chair over there? We have the privilege of uh, just having a couple of folks. Come on over, Alex. A couple of other folks in our community um, who have uh, been willing to come and share with all of us some of what's been going on in their lives, uh, some that is, is real fresh, some that has happened in the past, um, but to help us see how they have experienced joy in the midst of their suffering. And, uh, oh, Eden, hello. This will be wonderful. Uh, <laughs> so would you guys, would you, would you each just quickly introduce yourself, maybe give us a little snippet about uh, your family, and we'll start there, uh, Casey. Casey.
My name is Casey, and I have four children, um, twin seven-year-old girls, a six-year-old son, and then Eden, who's nine months about. And I'm connected to David. <laughs> what a treat. <laughs> Alex? Uh, my, my, name's my name's Alex Putz, and um, I, I live just down the road. Um, I'm married to Cynthia. We have two boys, six and three. Uh, I'm a Dane County native. I grew up, you know, two miles from here. 38 years ago, I was born here. Um, and, oh, yeah, I, I went to Blackhawk for like 18 years out of college, and now I'm here, so. My name is Shannon, and I'm married to Ben and have three children. Excellent. Excellent. So I think as we've seen in James, we all would agree that uh, we face trials of various kinds in our life. Right? Yes, yes, we do. So, would each of you kind of briefly share one particular trial that you um, have experienced or are currently experiencing in your life? And um, maybe tell us some ways that this trial has brought some, some suffering or loss into your life. And remember, we've been talking about the definition of suffering as the, the, the difference between where you are and where you would <laughs> like to be. So maybe one particular trial, how has that brought some element of, of suffering into your life? Casey? Sure. When I look back on trials I've experienced, um, an area where I saw the biggest gap uh, from where I was and where I wanted to be was when David and I were starting um, trying to build our family. And it wasn't happening, and we pursued some medical options. Um, we had a miscarriage. And it just, there was no success. So we decided to pursue um, foster adopt. And we had a few placements that we really loved um, that left. And it was really hard. And we kind of lived in this time of uncertainty um, for a couple of years. Thank you. Alex? Um, yeah, so in the spring of 20, I, uh, I had an aura. It was weird. I've never had an aura before. And... Um, I, I had like two or three over the next year or so, and I went to the doctor, and um, they got an MRI, and they found a tennis ball-sized brain tumor, um, like really deep inside my head, um, kind of like two inches behind my eyeballs underneath my brain, putting pressure, pressure on my brain. I had surgery June 7th of this year, and um, woke up out of the surgery as alert and awake as I am now. I mean, that's a big praise the Lord. Um, I lost my smell and my taste, and I don't know, I guess if I live to be 80, I'll probably live longer without my smell than with my smell. <laughs> so. And you're a farmer, right? So that might come in handy a few times. Well, but that's yeah. the thing. Like, I love, I mean, I love the smell of silage. I love the smell of dirt. Uh, I love the smell of cow feed. It, it might sound kind of weird. I, smell, I like the smell of cow poop. Yeah. Um, not pig poop, but cow poop. <laughs> um, so. Excellent. Thank you, Alex. Shannon? Um, well, this year on April 13th, here it starts. Um, I was diagnosed with breast cancer. My actual state, broken and diseased. My desired state, I wanted to be whole and healthy, especially for my kids and my family. You know, that innocence was gone. 
Um, all the emotions, you know, the normal ones. Devastation, fear, sadness, depression, anger. But then there was also unexpected feelings, shame, guilt, and um, a sense of failure. Um, and so immediately I just felt like I was in a battle, like this was battle. I needed to fight. Um, and, and that's where I started <laughs> on April 13th. Wow. Well, first of all, thank you guys for sharing uh, that. I, 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 I would imagine this is not an easy um, uh, thing to be sharing with, with uh, all of your, your friends here at Hillcrest. Um, so then in the midst of that, James commands us to count it all joy when we face these trials. Um, what kind of, so two-sided two question, what kind of barriers did you experience to having that joy? And then how did you find joy in Jesus in the midst of this suffering? Casey? Sure, there were a lot of barriers. It was really hard. Um, I'd always wanted to be a mom. That was always the desire of my heart. And it wasn't happening. It wasn't happening in the time frame that I wanted. Um, the doctors were telling us it's not going to happen. Um, we invested a lot um, emotionally, financially, in some of these medical things we chose to do. And then it just ended in loss. And then we started the foster adopt road and our first placement, we got her right from the hospital, brand new baby. And she was with us for about six months until she left. And then we had another placement, a little boy we had for about a year. And I remember when we went to transition him, I remember I'm buckling him and him just looking at me and saying, bye mom. And that was really hard. And then um, our other kids came to us, but even with that, there was uncertainty. We didn't know if they were going to stay or go, and that was for several years. So it was challenging. It was hard. Um, but through that, how did we um, continue to find joy and happiness was through it, God, like through people, through circumstances, reminded us that he was still there, that he loved us, that he had not forgotten us. Um, but most significantly for me, for us, was clinging to these promises that he used hard things for our good and that he was going to use this to draw us closer to himself and that we were going to find more joy and more happiness in relationship with him um, through these hard things that we were experiencing. Thank you. Alex, what about for you? Um, well, I, I see there's definitely a lot of barriers. I mean, I had a 33-day long headache after my surgery. Um, I still have pain, you know, I still have pain in my ankles. I don't know if you saw me hobble up here, but, um, you know, th being 38 years old and looking at the rest of your life, and it's like I already feel broken. But, um, but you know, God uses that brokenness, and I, I guess this is my chance to get up here and preach since I'm not a preacher. Uh, <laughs> so I wanted to expound a little bit more on how, you know, joy is different than happiness. I mean, happiness is, you know, you go get ice cream or you go get a brand new car, but that, you know what I mean, like, it disappears. Joy is having a car that you can rely on. You know, joy is having a God that you can trust in. And um, it's, a deeper, it's a deeper thing than happiness. Um, and I think that's really what James is getting at here. Um, well, and even 
I, I love James. I love how he just gets to the point and he tells you how it is. Um, it's kind of how my personality is. And, but, you know, Paul expounds on, you know, I feel like James is kind of the Cliff Notes version of what Paul says in Ephesians, or Romans 5, and I'll read it for you. Um, Therefore, since we have been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Through him, we have also obtained access by faith into the grace in which we stand, and we rejoice in hope of the glory of God. More than that, we rejoice in our sufferings, knowing that suffering produces endurance, and endurance produces character, and character produces hope. And hope does not put us to shame, because God's love has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit that he's given to us. Um, and so that, that whole progression of, you know, we, we rejoice in a trial because it produces godly character in us, and godly character, you know, points us towards Jesus, and it points us towards the redemption of Jesus on the cross, and our eternal hope. I mean, I remember a sermon uh, at Blackhawk where, where a pastor, you know, he had a rope, and of course it's a bad analogy because the rope is finite, but, you know, we have, you know, we have this infinite rope of our lifetime, of our eternity, and, you know, like our lives here, that's like a dot on the rope, you know, so like we put our hope in God, and we put our hope in eternity in Jesus Christ. And that's where you found some joy. Oh, in absolutely. In the midst of all that. Yeah, that's incredible. Shannon, how about you? Um, barriers and challenges. Well, <laughs> you've got cancer. <laughs> um, and nobody tells you that all the waiting of from one step to the next is just constant waiting. And I mean, six weeks, you know, just waiting. That it was agonizing. The unknown, you know, what's going to happen? Um, and the what ifs, my mind was going to go down a really ugly road. Just what if, what if, what if that happens? What if this happens? What if I have to do that? Um, so, you know, in, in the sense of battle, it was 4.13. And immediately God just, Philippians 4.13, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. So, and he also talked, or, you know, in Ephesians, I believe, it's, you know, the armor of God. So I just felt like this is the battle. I got to get out my armor, my helmet of salvation. You know, whatever happens to me here, I have an eternal home where I will be breast cancer free forever. Um, but then, you know, the belt of truth, breastplate of righteousness, gospel of peace, you know, Sword of the Spirit, you know, it just, and I kind of took it literally. <laughs> and there was so much joy in, in God sharpening my mind to his word and how much power that can bring to your situation. So, so yes, this is a pun intended, but this is my breastplate. <laughs> you know, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Um, and, and you didn't bring your laundry with yeah. you today, did you? Or, uh. This was my uh, breastplates for the last five, six months. But I'll just show a few because they're, they're pretty awesome. I could walk in to my first surgery consult with um, uh, Proverbs 31. You know, 
I'm clothed with strength and dignity, and, and I can laugh without fear of the future because God is in control. He's got me. I can walk in to surgery with he can heal cancer. For with God, nothing shall be impossible. Luke 137. Looking ahead to 20 straight days, Monday through Friday, of walking into the Carbone Cancer Center, going down to the basement for radiation every day. Isaiah 42, 16. And you may know the song Waymaker. He is a waymaker. He is a light in the darkness. Just, you know, I ha- this, this is really what I've worn for the last five, six months. It just, it's, it's powerful. And there was so much joy in, in knowing that, that God had given me this gift of his word. Um, even though my circumstances were pretty horrid. Um, but there was also joy in seeing who God was in the body of Christ. You know, I knew I needed prayer. This was a battle. I needed prayer. I reached out to the prayer team. Man, just that beautiful picture of the warriors fighting on my behalf. What joy. (laughs) Such joy. Um, Petitioning the Father because they loved me. Um, So that was just awesome. Not to mention the gift cards for food, uh, meals, and even Dunkin' Donuts for a cup of coffee. You know who you are. <laughs> um, you know, the flowers, the cards of encouragement, it, it was just very powerful to see God's body working and supporting me and my family. Um, and then also joy in the gratitude you find, even when the news is bad. Um, there, there can be gratitude That was my joy. Oh, thank you. So one last question, uh, kind of at the end of, of this passage from James, you know, he says he uses these trials to test our faith, which produces steadfastness. Uh, and then we are to let steadfastness have its full effect, that we may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. So as you think through these, these trials... Can you point to something that you feel that you were lacking, that God was using this trial directly to help grow you and to help you make you more mature and complete in that particular area? Does that make sense? Casey? Sure. I think there are lots of things, but I think trust, to trust him more. And I think... Um, I believe this idea, and I stated this idea that God used hard things to draw me to himself and that there would be great joy in that in building relationship more with him and experiencing more of him. And this is an idea, yeah, that I would say I believe that I espouse, but I don't think I had experienced a trial up to this point where the gap between where I was and where I wanted to be was so great. And I think God was saying, do you really? Do you really believe that? And... Um, through that, there were lots of moments where I wish I had responded with more faith than I did, but through it, I saw, I did, that there was still hope, there was still joy um, to be found in relationship with him, and he could not have picked 
a more sensitive, a more tender spot, I would say, um, to challenge me in that to say, even if you don't get, ever get these desires of your heart, you ha- like, do you trust that I'm better than all of that? And yeah, through that. And so I think as I move forward and I face more trials, it's um, yeah, a reminder to me that he is using it for my good and for my joy um, in relationship with him. Excellent. Thank you. How about you, Alex? Yeah, I was just, I, I think even leading off of that, um, you know, like when we, when we pray to God, it's not, um, it's not my will be done, but God's will be done. And I mean, Jesus even prayed that prayer, you know, as he was um, facing the cross. He said, not my will, but your will be done. And, um, you know, it's not necessarily when we pray, we aren't praying, we aren't praying for God to, you know, do what we want. We're praying that God would change us so that we want what he wants for us. Um, anyway, so I have another scripture um, I'd like to read in Second Corinthians. So um, for me, I think a big thing that was very noticeable when I woke up at a surgery is not having smell, you know, and, and not having taste. And I mean, it's going to be a daily reminder for me every day, for, possibly for the rest of my life. I mean, there's still some nerve cells there that could potentially grow back, but, you know, I don't, I can't hope in that. So um, in Second Corinthians 2.15, it says, But thanks be to God, who in Christ Jesus leads us in triumphal procession, and through us spreads the fragrance of the knowledge of him everywhere. Um, so it's not my fragrance that matters. It's God's fragrance. So we're supposed to live a fragrant life, not a fragrance of ourselves because we stink, but a fragrance of God, you know, because God smells, smells good. Um, for we are the aroma of Christ to God among those who are being saved and among those who are perishing. One fragrance from death to death, the other fragrance from life to life. So, um, yeah, I guess that's, I mean, I, I think one thing that I've often struggled with is pride and you know, not that um, submission is weakness, but um, I, I would say that there's, you know, there's, um, there's a certain grit. And I, th- and I feel like my dad was really good at it, and, you know, I, I, I want to be like him, you know, like to have a cr- true grit where I can, you know, stand up with the cowboys and, you know, spread the gospel in a way that is authentic and draws people towards Christ in a, in a humble and authentic way. So... Thank you, Alex. How about you, Shannon? Something that God was <laughs> using you to help you to be more mature and complete. Yeah, I, um, when you, know, you asked that question, three things kind of came to mind and kind of echoes some of what you were, guys were saying too. Is, but trust was probably the biggest one. Um, trusting God's sovereignty. Trusting him through the waiting. And, and, and sitting at his feet crying your hands open, saying, God, I, tr- I trust you with my life. I trust you with my family's life. And this is the kicker. I trust you with my family's life in my absence. As a mom, as a caretaker, that's, that's you know, building trust. Um, just, and then boldness, you know, the, the power of God's word and, and, and declaring it, wearing it, praying it, um, taking those thoughts captive of the mind, you know, and, and focusing on truth. Um, 
that was big too. Um, and then also chiseling off some of that pride. Um, I've always been very self-reliant. Um, I'm a doer, you know, I'm a caretaker, I'm a mom, I'll, I'll do it, I'll pull myself up by my bootstraps, you know. You can't pull yourself up by your bootstraps when you have breast cancer, you know. You can't work harder, um, it's not going to work. Um, but, you know, God, God, you know, you're not in control, Shannon. I am, you know, in my mind, I'm healthy, I exercise, I eat right. So what? <laughs> I mean, yes, those things matter, but um, you know, not don't put your trust in those things. Put your trust in God. Um, so you know, and ultimately, just looking back, you know, how many times as a Christian have I prayed, God, increase my faith, make me more like You. You know, breast cancer is not the way I would have wanted those. You know, I like the magic wand to increase my faith. You know. <laughs> Um, but man, he, he answered prayer, you know, in a hard way, but you know, he did. Yeah. James doesn't talk about the magic wand. (laughs) No, he talks about trials. And I, I guess, you know, one thing that comes to mind as I sit here and, and thank you all three of you for sharing your story. Uh, I, I don't. I want you to know we we didn't ask these three folks to be up here because of the depth of their trial. It was because of the depth of their joy, and so that's why you're here, and that's what I hope. That's what I have. I mean, I've gotten to talk with all of these guys at length, and it was just a real pleasure to hear the joy that they've had. That helps me in whatever trial that I'm going through, and that's our hope, is that it helps you through whatever trial you're going through to find that, that deep, deep joy in Jesus through, the, through some of these ways that, that we've heard today. I hope that's been an inspiration to you. Let me pray as we, uh, as we close. Our Father, uh, thank you for your wisdom Uh, for your power, uh, for your design to use things like trials in our lives uh, to help us us mature, to help us become more perfect, more complete, more like Jesus. And Father, I pray whatever trials people are facing in this room, uh, some uh, some smaller, some bigger, it doesn't matter. Father, I pray that you would prompt us through your word, through your people, through um, just the beauty of who you are to face these trials uh, with joy. Help us to count it all joy that we might become more like you and that we might be the aroma of Christ to those who are perishing around us. Uh, so, Father, empower us by your spirit, and we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you again so much. Amen. Amen. So wherever you find yourself on this spiritual journey, I hope we get to hear stories of God's work. There is great work being done at Hillcrest in our community. That God's better is better. Do we believe that? And so, so here's where I want to encourage you. 
uh, before we take communion as an expression of our faith, wherever you find yourself in this journey, don't beat yourself up. Don't fill yourself, you heard Shannon say, with, with guilt and shame that she's not where she wanted to be instead, believing we are exactly where we're supposed to be and God meets us there. Don't beat yourself up. Instead, continue to experience the grace that Jesus freely offers. And then don't just commit to trying harder, to just will this experience in our life. Instead, here's some encouragement. Do. Do remember this is a process. Man, I love the magic wand. I love the vending machine. I'd love to just press B5 and out comes eh, more patience. And yet that isn't how God in his infant wisdom designed this thing to work. Instead, do remember this spiritual journey is a process. And do see yourself as a conduit of his grace everywhere we go. In your home, in your neighborhood, in your workplace, that we are growing as disciples. If you've never made the commitment to follow Jesus, the offer is there all the time before we take communion. That is an expression of faith. If you've never chosen to receive Jesus, he provides this deep, lasting joy. He says, my yoke is easy and my burden is light. But there is a yoke. There is a goal of following him and submitting to King Jesus and having Sim sit on the throne of our hearts. But you guys actually get access to places I could never preach the gospel. You sit in staff meetings every week. You sit around coffee tables. Who do you think God is entrusting to be conduits of his grace in those settings? Do see yourself as everyday missionaries and do commit to seeing God with different eyes, reading, thinking, and discussing and praying about God's grace and salvation. And so we ask, God, use my circumstance and help me gain, as we heard Alex say, help me gain your perspective to see your better is better and see the circumstance of my life through your eyes. And so, it felt incredibly appropriate for us to take communion. And so as our, uh, as our First Impressions team is passing out the elements, we're going to take these elements together. And so First Impressions team, if you